All right, what's up, guys? We are back for the installment of the Unplugged Alpha podcast, number 66. And today we're dealing with the uh, three-part Daily Wire series with uh, Jordan Peterson talking about marriage and why you should man up and get married. So I thought this would be an interesting one to touch on. Um, got three pages of notes, and I endured all three episodes. Um, Disclaimer, I've written a book called The Unplugged Alpha, and it has a chapter in the book uh, titled Why Smart Men Don't Marry. So I'm hitting this from the angle of, let's watch it, see what he has to say. I've uh, listened to Peterson's 12 Rules for Life. It's an okay book. I mean, he, like he does a lot of basic stuff, like stand up straight, clean up your room, wash your dick, be a good guy. Yeah, they just basic stuff, right? So I wanted to kind of like, hit the daily wire series and see if he had some something beyond just man up and then i was a little bit disappointed from being honest so where do i start with this i think what i'm going to do is i'm going to start with an audio clip from the third video in the sequence just so you can hear the general tone and frame with which uh people are sort of operating within we've said this before it's whole negotiate uh, with your spouse, partner, wife, uh, whatever. And um, it really just boils down to trying to build a better beta. But a lot of what he's talking about relies on both parties taking accountability, which I'll get into some of this stuff a lot of my notes over here. But I kind of want to start this with just this audio intro because he says something that's pretty powerful. Um, he starts the third sequence of the videos with um, what you're sacrificing to get married. So let me just play this. I can't play the whole thing or react to the whole thing clip by clip because that would um, infringe on uh, their, their IP and all that sort of stuff. So I'm going to play this quick little clip. It's like 20 seconds. And there's just one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine very powerful word, words that he says in this intro that I want you to hear in his voice before. I get into my reaction to all the material. So let's get started with that. Oh, hopefully you can hear this. And then you think, well, what are you sacrificing to get married? Well, let's think about it. What are you sacrificing? Foolish, juvenile, short-sighted, hedonistic, nihilist, cynical, psychopathic, impulsive promiscuity. That's what you're sacrificing. Hey, you might want to sacrifice that because that sounds like a pretty decent collection of demons and you probably don't want that cluttering up your life. What's going to be All right. So there's your little intro. So those words again were when you're sacrificing marriage, avoiding it, you know, specifically, you're foolish, juvenile, short-sighted, hedonistic, nihilistic, cynical, psychopathic, impulsive, and promiscuous. Um, and he says those are demons, so why not get married instead? Because that would be far better off for it. And I got a few things to say about that. Um, guys, if you're just joining the podcast, do me a solid. And um, yeah, I'm going to put YouTube on the general chat, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Twitches, Twatches, whatever. Uh, do, do me a solid. Click that link. Head over to um, YouTube and hit the like button um, and subscribe to the channel. So, all right. Man, I got so many notes in this. 
there's a lot of disparaging words that he's using to describe men that don't get married. I don't get the impression he's talking to women specifically with this, although he does appear to be speaking to both parties when it comes to the sense of negotiating and working with one another. So here we go. Um, one of the big problems that I find with almost everything in this three-part series, and there was some good stuff, so I'm going to say that, is that it relies on both parties taking responsibility and wanting to do the work. And there's some flaws with that, which I'll get into in a little bit, but I don't think it's entirely realistic in the world that we live in today. Um, it says marriage grows you up. You become an adult when you get married in the series. Uh, he says you're not mature until somebody else matters more than you, meaning your kids. And by the way, guys, you don't need to get married to have kids. There's plenty of people that have children that don't invite the state into their life or live in a way where the state would look at their relationship as a marriage or move to places where the state can't control their life in the way that it does in the West. Canada, you know, certain states in the U.S., for example, the U.K. and stuff like that. Um, so some of the major flaws which I bullet pointed here is he assumes women will take accountability the way that men do. He says, if she cheats in the relationship, recovery is based on your ability to negotiate, which, I mean, look, when, when men go outside of the relationship, they cheat. When women go outside of the relationship, they betray. It's two different things. And I've covered that before in other videos. Um, I'm sure you guys are familiar with that. He, <laughs> one of the things that he admits, and I'm going to quote and end quote this, he stated a difficult custody, again, you know, this is in quotes, a difficult custody battle, battle is equivalent to a near fatal bout with cancer, end quote. Now, he's advocating for marriage. He's saying, let's build a better beta. You guys can negotiate and figure it out. You're not a man until you have uh, children. He said, if you're not married by the time you're 40, you're a creep. Those are you know, his exact words. But then he also admits in another breath that Custody battles are the equivalent of near fatal bouts with cancer. And 50% of the time people get married after about seven to 10 years. So you've got a 50% chance of basically having a fatal bout with cancer. I mean, he acknowledges that reality, at least. The problem that I have with the entire series, he offers no real risk mitigation techniques that I talk about in the chapter in my book. Um, again, where's my book? Do I have it over here? Yeah. Um, if you guys haven't got it, the Unplugged Alpha is on Amazon in print, Kindle, and Audible. I narrated it myself. And one of the longer chapters in my book, chapter 15, is titled Why Smart Men Avoid Marriage. I'm going to get into some of this stuff in response to his um, points here that I made. So we talked about the difficult custom battle, admission. Uh, he assumes both parties will negotiate, are mostly equal, and will take ownership. He does not like the idea of a woman submitting to a man in a relationship. Uh, quote, tyranny or slavery is what he calls it, end quote, when women yield to a man, it seems. So he's of the opinion that men and women are pretty much the same, they're equal, and that they should negotiate amongst themselves um, for the better outcome of the, the marriage, you know, the children, blah, 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 all that sort of thing. So everything he's talking about in this series, if you're an alpha male, you're an unplugged alpha male, it's not going to be of any use to you whatsoever. If you're plugged in beta and you want to 
become a better beta. You might get something out of it, but you're real like he's just going to march you into a slaughterhouse with what he's given you because there's no risk mitigation tools whatsoever. And we haven't seen negotiating desire to be a successful way uh, to long-term happiness in relationships, uh, evidence-based at least. Okay, um, you know, as they say, you simply cannot negotiate desire. It's got to be genuine burning desire chapter three of my book i talk about why genuine burning desire matters um he also another flies he also takes no consideration for the modern landscape um you know the dating landscape family law feminism female promiscuity and the weak state of men today as well because the vast majority of men are, are are weak like we know something like a third of men today under the age of 30 30 or 33 or something like that I covered this months ago, but most men aren't being intimate. They're like, they're not having sex. So if a girl comes along, you know, she's been run through her 20s. She partied a uh, phone cannon party here and there, Biza, Vegas, that sort of stuff. Whole bunch of guys on her notch counts. And all of a sudden she finds the dutiful accountant or, uh, you know, good guy that has a nice corporate gig that pays him well. He's just good enough. And she signs up for that. Um, there's, there's no accounting for the weak state of men or their inability to decipher good women from bad women. Cause some reasonably hot woman touches his peepee and he likes it. And she says, let's get married. I want to have kids. And he says, yeah, let's do that. He's not vetting her at all. You know? And if he goes and watches something that says just man up and don't be a pussy and get married, um, it's, it's a march into a slaughterhouse. So anyway, I'll keep going through some of these points here. And I'll take some call-ins on today's show. I'll I'll, dro I'll drop the join link. You guys can uh, um, ask questions on the topic, or um, you know, if you got something you want to ask, it'll be open. I'll I'll try to make sure I have enough time, you know, posted for you guys. And a few of you guys mentioned actually, by the way, when I posted it in the community tab, that um, you'd like to see me and Jordan Peterson have this conversation or or a debate. And uh, a few years ago, I I've I think I've messaged him at least twice. Um, to come on to my uh, Plain Win podcast or even my uh, uh, Before the Train Wreck, before I renamed it the Unplugged Alpha, um, I have a talk about you know his expertise, and uh, he just ignored it. So the in the invite's open. Um, he never took me up on it. I did have a conversation with um, what's his name from Daily Wire, Andrew Claven. They had a segment they were doing on marriage or divorce. It was about a year ago. You can find it on Andrew Claven's channel. Maybe search for Andrew Claven and Richard Cooper in the YouTube search bar, and you'll probably see it. But we had a, a pleasant, you know, 20-minute conversation about the concept of long-term relationships and specifically marriage and divorce. Um, we're obviously on different sides of the uh, topic, but it was a productive conversation. You know, there was, there was people that got something out of that. Anyway, uh, so part one, he deals with arguments. Part two, he deals with negotiation. And then part three, he deals with a sacrifice in a three-part series. Uh, the arguments uh, section is the longest one. His, his arguments for why get married because people want a partner. It makes lots of references to biblical terms. Lots and lots of references in the first 45 minutes to uh, biblical standards. But I don't see society um, and men and women being held to said biblical standards the way that they were originally intended, from my understanding anyway. Um he argues that marriage is the death of sex or can be the death of sex, but he also says singlehood can also be the death of sex, which 
I'm not sure I agree with or even understand why he would say that because there's no single guys that are spinning plates with lots of women in tow going, how do I get one of my plates or my girlfriend to have sex with me? This is exclusively a search term that Google has organized with men searching for. How do I get my wife, you know, my wife to bang me? How do I get my wife to sleep with me? How do I like single guys aren't 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 doing that. So I'm not really sure why he's suggesting that singlehood is the death of sex, but maybe maybe he means it in the term of like promiscuity or you know the potentials that come with that. Um, he goes on to say the highest mountain to climb is looking for marriage as a lifelong date. Fair enough. You know, if you're going to get married, you're basically going to date your wife for the rest of your life. So, you know, there's, there's a reason why, you know, he's saying that <laughs> I made a, a funny note here with quote, end quote. He says, uh, open quote, you need something to do. It might as well be that, uh, close quote. And he's, you know, referring to getting married. Like you have nothing else better to do in your time. You need something to do. So getting married should be you know, your number one priority. Um, he discourages impulsive hedonism, he uses hookers and cocaine as an example, as a life strategy. Uh, and I agree, chase excellence, not women. I'm not really, aside from uh, Hunter Biden, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know a lot of people that uh, chase impulsive hedonism, you know, using his examples, but okay. Um, he also seems to think that shackling yourself to somebody is a great idea to hold yourself accountable in life. Now, actually, I should back up a little bit because from what I know about him, he's only had three prior relationships to Tammy. Tammy's his wife. I think they've been married for 33 years, if I'm not mistaken. It's over 30 years. And he pined for her when they lived in the same neighborhood in Alberta. If I'm not mistaken, it might even have been across the street. It might be butchering the... OG story. I'm sure somebody in the comments will correct me, but that's my understanding. Now, look, uh, he doesn't have a big notch count, neither does she, obviously, because they've been together for so damn long. I think he's, how old is he now? Let me just quickly check here. Uh, how old is Jordan? He is 60. He's been married for 33 years, so in his mid to late 20s, call it 26, 27. Um, yeah, okay, so Tammy obviously had some other relationships prior to him, but it doesn't sound like either one of them, from my understanding, has racked up a large notch count. So that's possibly one of the reasons why they've managed to form um, a reasonably healthy monogamous pair bond to one another is because, you know, we've seen these charts. You know, I've talked about these charts many, many times. If... You're dealing with a woman and she's had a lot of uh, partners throughout her life and she loses her virginity younger in life. She's a bad uh, long-term marriage partner. The chances of getting divorced, I think, are something like double after nine partners. Um, and it continues to go up from there. I mean, the data really stops after I think something like 12 or 13 is where they stopped it. But it seems like both of them have reasonably you know, low notch counts, which which would you know point to one of the reasons why they've been able to deal with one another for so long. Actually, one of the points I made on my first page over here, in part three, at minute 12, second 20, he's crying. You know how Jordan Peterson cries, you know, from time to time in interviews because he gets choked up over something that really hits him hard that's close to home? Well, it became clear to me that either Tammy had cheated on him at one point or somebody very, very close to him had cheated, got cheated on by his woman um, because he was going on a little bit of a tirade and then he got all choked up and started tearing up, man. The waterworks 
started to come on. So again, he didn't overtly state it, but it became very, very clear that it either happened in his relationship or somebody very, very close to him, maybe a brother, um, brother-in-law, somebody very, very close friend. Um, but he did that, uh, you know, well up with tears. So that was, I thought that was interesting because he, because he spends a lot of time arguing for trying to fix things, even if she betrays you in the marriage. Um, he talks about overpopulation, which I thought was interesting, which I agreed with. I, he provides a good argument for children. Uh, I'm not anti-children, you know, by the way, I'm, I'm just anti-living in a way that looks like married. I'm not anti-dealing with women. I have an LTR. Uh, I'm not anti having kids. I have a child. Um, those things can be great if you set yourself up properly. Um, and I agree with him. I don't think the world's overpopulated. I don't think we're overpopulating the world. That's just some bullshit that they, you know, that they, uh, you know, the weirdos try to sell today. Um, just to, just to keep you in check, you know, <laughs> they only want the dumb people reproducing because they vote for more, more in big government. You know how it goes. Um, so we did with the overpopulation note, spends a lot of time talking about irresponsibility, chasing hedonism. Okay. Well, he hedonism and irresponsibility was mentioned quite a few times because I've got it mentioned in my notes throughout all these here. Calls men that do that, uh, pathetic night. So this is quote, he calls men that don't get married and just date pathetic, nihilistic, 40 year old frat boys. So gents, if you're out there and 40 plus and you haven't gotten married yet you're a pathetic nihilistic 40 year old frat boy so man up and get married <laughs> um now one of the things that he's selling a lot of in the second part is children 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 it's the best possible relationship he says they will always have the they, they always want the best possible relationship with you but he completely forgets to tell you that that ends in the teen years. <laughs> Teenagers don't care about their parents. Um, they care about their friends. They care about their social network. They care about their peers. They care about their sports team, their extracurriculars. Then they care about their parents, maybe. Um, but the teen years aren't great years for most parents. In fact, I've had conversations with a few guys and, you know, the topic came up, um, you know, in the past where it was like, you know, is it worth having kids? And you ask a guy that's got a six-year-old, he'll say, yeah. You ask a guy that's got a 16-year-old teenager or teenagers, he'll say no, almost always. So he's not being fully transparent with the kind of shit that you're going to deal with when you bring kids into the world. Yeah, they're great. And yeah, you know, your legacy and blah, blah, blah. And your name passes on a DNA sort of thing. But let's be honest. It's not rainbows and butterflies. And they don't always want the best possible relationship with you is what I've seen anyway. And, and, you know, with the conversations that I've had, and this is, you know, speaking as a guy that has a kid entering teen years too now, um, very surface level again, you know, disparaging to people that avoid marriage and kids calls them uh, quote scoundrels and halfwits end quote, man, there's a lot of, there's a lot of disparaging terms, foolish, juvenile, short-sighted, hedonistic, nihilistic, cynical, psychopathic, impulsive, promiscuous, pathetic, nihilistic, 40-year-old frat boys and scoundrels and halfwits. I've never heard so many disparaging lyrics used for guys that don't want to march into the slaughterhouse of marriage and wife up them women. Whammon. Um, we're not going to talk about that. We already talked about ownership. 
manning up mentioned several times oh one of the things he also mentioned because he likes to go on about promiscuity um he says we just about took ourselves out with aids now some of you watching this may not even know what aids is but i think in the 80s maybe even early 90s i think it was mostly 80s they scared the living shit out of the population the same way that they did with the beer bug you know uh, this is going to end up killing you. And it, and it ended up killing, you know, some people, not that many. I wonder how many people died from AIDS. Let me just see here. How many people have died from AIDS? Uh, beginning of the epidemic. It's quite a lot, actually. Um, 84 million, which isn't even close to wiping us out. But uh, sorry, 33.6 uh, million. 84 million were infected. So they're saying 33.6 to 40.1. Okay. Fair enough. But again, I, I, again, it's a little bit blown up. You know, you're going to wipe yourselves out. But that was uh, something they scared the shit out of the population within the 80s. And it, it, it didn't come close to wiping anybody out, really. It just took out a few uh, shady players, let's say. Um, at the 22.56 mark in his argument section, he says, you can't just love a woman. You need to stand up. So to the argument of why can't you just get into a long-term relationship or date and not get married? Cause that's, cause that's always what, um, you know, a lot of people say is we don't need to get married to, um, or throw a party to prove our love. You know, we love each other, you know, with one another word, blah, blah, blah. But his argument is you can't just claim to love a woman. You need to stand up in front of your whole community and bind yourself to that commitment. Then he says, in quotes, or are you just above all of that, are you? Right? Or you are just above all of that, are you? End quote. So again, there's a lot of shaming language. Just get married. Don't be a bitch. You know, you have to stand up in front of your whole community and make that commitment. Or are you above all of that? Says Kermit the Frog. I can't do his voice because I can't, I can't do that pitch. Um, if you can't sacralize with a ceremony, then you, then you should just ask yourself, just how committed are you to this other person or yourself? He calls men that don't get married shallow. <coughs> Again, there's no reference or any talk whatsoever about risk mitigation, the horrible state of family law, how women behave in divorce and how they take advantage of, uh, family law. I'll cover those sections of my book in just a little second. Um, okay, and then he talks about negotiation. There's an entire episode in the series on negotiation. He really likes the idea of men and women negotiating their differences. I don't like that term, negotiating. Um, what is the actual definition? The dictionary definition as it would stand. Uh, discussion aimed at reaching an agreement. That's really all that it boils down to. So in the context of the English language, he's basically saying, aim at reaching an agreement with your differences, with the topic of negotiation. And look, there's certain things that you're going to have to have discussions with in a long-term relationship. Like I've said before, I'm in an LTR, uh, been there for some time now, and there are conversations in my relationship, but 
I don't play games. I don't uh, like, again, I wrote the book on the unplugged alpha, right? I don't do the, we're on, we're on equal footing. Men and women are the same egalitarian bullshit. I'm the man I lead. She's a woman. She's a feminine. She follows, she enters my frame. That's the way it's going to be. And if it's not that way, I'm not having it. Um, so I guess I'm like, you know, again, back to the point of women that submit to men, I guess I'm a tyrannical slave driver by his definition, but I suppose that's just me. And I would, I would aim to argue that my relationship, again, I haven't been, I haven't been with her for 33 years or whatever the hell he's been with her, uh, with, with Tammy for, uh, but I would aim that my relationship is, is far, far better than any nonsense that he's, I mean, I certainly don't fucking cry when it comes to thinking about things like um discussions around cheating obviously somebody either him or very close to him was betrayed by a, a woman um says logos logos guided negotiation is a solution it says you negotiate every single thing in a household and this is where he gets into some fucking weird shit where the scissors go in the appliance drawer how every single room in the house is set up now look i don't live with my ltr but if in the future I so choose to do so, I would not give a flying fuck where the scissors go in the appliance drawer, okay? I would not care how each room is set up, provided that my rooms aren't fucked with. If this is my studio, if this is my room, I don't want flowery foo-foo shit in places that don't roll with my style, right? So, you know, like the idea of negotiating every single room and saying, Nothing is too trivial to attend to, get everything in its proper place, including toilet seats. You know, there's always that argument. Oh, he left it up. Well, I want it down. Well, you can't leave it up. Well, I got to put it down. You know, people argue over, you know, the most trivial things. And I've had guys call in on my shows before and it's like, my wife yells at me because I leave the toilet seat up. And it's like, who fucking cares? Right. Put it down. Like, why are you bothering me with this? I'm chasing excellence. I'm putting a dent in the universe. I'm doing something significant with my life. And you're bothering me with a fucking toilet seat. Right. Like, I wouldn't even get involved with a chick that would bother me about shit like that. But there's guys that are telling you nothing is too trivial to attend to. Get everything in its proper place and negotiate how everything is going to be. Because he says the alternative is tyranny, slavery, or chaos. Um, okay. You suggest give them what they want, and they will give you what you want. So he's like, yes. He's like, you know, I say yes to my wife. Uh, what do you say? He has an agreement that if I can say yes to you, then I will. And it sounds to me like he says yes a lot to a lot of things. I remember there was a stand-up comic. I think it was Chris Rock. He talked about the yes stamp. He goes, if you just get married, you just have to get a yes stamp. Just say, yes, 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 honey. Can we? Yes. Can we do this? Yes. Can we do Yes. And the whole skit, you know, is about just being a yes man. And look, you want to do the build a better beta plan and march in the slaughterhouse with your eyes closed and hope everything works out for the best. More power to you. But from what I've seen and the people that I've talked to and my experience and everything that I've consumed, Red pill, unplugging, Evo psych, all this shit. Okay, taking a look at the matrix for what it really is. I don't think any of this stuff is that useful. I think he's got some good ideas. I like how he um, deals with some of the craziness when it comes to the wokeism and, you know, like the crazy conversations they have with this guy. Like he does a very good job dealing with a lot of society's bullshit. I, I just don't see this series being that useful to men when it comes to contemplating divorce or sorry contemplating 
<laughs> contemplating marriage because as we know, it's probably going to end in divorce. Uh, and as he admitted, where was it? <sighs> Difficult custody battle is the equivalent to a near fatal bout with cancer. So he knows what guys march into. Um, remember, he used to do a lot of therapy sessions with couples too. Uh, spends a lot of time talking about organizing the house with your wife. He also seems to yield a lot to Tammy. There was an example that I made a note here of paintings. He likes to collect paintings. And apparently he's got a thing for dark, um, Stalin era sort of paintings. Um, and you know, look, if you have a studio or a study, um, a library or something like that, there might be a place for that, you know, a place that you like to work. Maybe it offers him inspiration. I don't know, but he liked them. Um, but the way that he was talking about the paintings and how they had to go through the paintings and what they were going to do when they were doing the renovations with the house, it just, it just sounded like a lot of yes, 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 yes to, you know, to Tammy to give her what she wanted. Um, which is just like, whatever, man, you know, if that's what you want to do, then that's what you want to do if that doesn't matter to you. But, um, I, I, I really don't see the point. I just don't, it's just, just too small and too trivial and too stupid. And you might want to call me, what was the word that he used for it? Uh, a tyrannical slave driver. That's not his words. It's just the definition expanded. You get the idea. Um, he also made an interesting comment in the third segment. Uh, and by the way, he has some decent advice with kids. Um, and the talk of negotiation in the relationship would make sense if you have somebody to negotiate with that takes accountability and responsibility. The vast majority of women today don't take responsibility and accountability. Um, a lot of guys don't either, by the way. It's not just women. A lot of guys don't either. It's always somebody else's fault. Point and sputter. I'm the victim. Blah, blah, fucking blah. I said in my red flag chapter, um, one of the types of women that you want to avoid are women that, uh, number two in the list, by the way, which is feminist. And here, I'm going to put up the uh, ticker for my email list because if you haven't opted in, uh, here it is. So get on my email list if you haven't opted in. And you can get the... Uh, Chapter on 20 red flags for free. But if you deal with feminists, they have a victim mindset by default. And the vast majority of women today, whether they admit to it publicly or not, are in fact feminists. Uh, you know, society, culture, the matrix, if you will, has contaminated their thinking in such a way that they, for the most part, believe that men make less, sorry, women make less for the exact same job that men do. They're they're paid less. This argument's been blown out of the water a thousand times. Jordan Peterson had a great conversation um, with that BBC reporter about it and just destroyed it. Um, but, you know, using that as an example, women like to be victims and you can't negotiate with somebody that has a victim mindset. And it's not in the ethos of women. It seems like it's culturally infused into their belief system today. Um, again, you know, vote for more inclusivity, for more kindness, for more bigger government, for more handouts, for larger tax rates, tax the rich, tax those motherfuckers, tax those guys, and let's hand it out to everybody else. Um, 
you can't negotiate with somebody that has a victim mindset. And unfortunately, a lot of women that you're going to deal with today have that. Like if you were to flat out say, don't invite somebody into your life that has a victim mindset, don't get married to somebody that you can't um, have a conversation with. They won't take responsibility for things that they do wrong. Then I'd tip my hat to that. But it's very, very difficult for me to co-sign much of this based on what I saw. He also admits that peace in a marriage. So he was talking at one point about, you know, people wanting peace in a marriage, peace in their relationship. They just want to come home to a happy home and be a, a peaceful place, a warm, inviting place. He said, and he used the word really about six times. He said that peace in a marriage is really, 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 really hard to attain. True peace, he calls it a high level goal, the promised land. So, I found it interesting that he was admitting that there's all this fucking work that you have to do to put all your assets at risk of losing half of them because a, a prenup won't hold up after about seven to 10 years anyway. I mean, they're only good for a few years. And if she stays working to end up in the promised land of peace in a relationship, when you can just have peace by not inviting somebody into your house and getting married and living in a way the state gets to fucking mess with your life. So it's an interesting comment but i thought i would you know i thought i would frame it from that angle just to sort of offer a little bit of insight in it um let me go back over here sorry Let's see there's a couple of super chats that popped in uh tallest man please say please share your thoughts on women you are dating spinning plates while you are also spinning plates i think it's disgusting and not sanitary no men in my circle have an issue with this so i'm seemingly alone in my views uh, please share your thoughts on women you are dating spinning plates. So are you talking about women dating a bunch of guys? I think it's disgusting and not saying, yeah, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. But that's what a lot of women do today is, you know, they'll just keep dating a bunch of dudes until the best one shows up or until she thinks the best one shows up and she hopes that she can lock them down. Like a woman's sexual strategy is to try to get the best guy that they can get. That's what hypergamy is. Um, so that's why you end up with women that rack up a huge notch count. There's a video I put out on my uh, Entrepreneurs and Cars channel um, the other day. If you haven't seen it, it's got the title something about like 100 plus men. <laughs> and this woman wrote in um, confused as to why she was having a hard time finding guys to look past her promiscuous 20s. She's like, oh, I, you know, I only slept with 100 guys and I was lucky to only get an STD once, blah, blah, blah. And it's like... Guys think that's disgusting. They don't want anything to do with promiscuous women on a long-term basis. And statistics prove they are a horrible option to invite into your life as a wife. So why would you do some stupid shit like that? Um, so we're talking about peace. Really, 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 really hard to attain. He says it's the promised land. So he's. it appears to be in, you know, like an admission of this is really fucking hard to accomplish, um, which I would agree with. He says that you get to peace, here it is, through negotiation. Shocking, right? The pathway to peace is untying the knots in the rope of your life, is what he says. Well, good luck with that, given the current environment. And if you don't get it right, you're basically putting half your shit at risk. And 80% of the time, uh, you're only going to see your kids every other weekend, if you're lucky. That's how the, that's how the cookie crumbles. And I'll get into my stuff in a, a minute. Uh, I mean, most sides can't, he admits we get tangled up. 
yes. Okay. And he spent five, maybe 10 minutes talking about the differences between men and women, which was a decent segment, I think. But where the whole fucking thing falls apart for me is he offers no risk mitigation. He doesn't deal with any of the, any of the realities of what women want in a long-term relationship. And, you know, dude, he's like, he's the guy that's all about fix, fix your house before you try to fix the world, right? He's like, clean up your room. Make your bed and clean up your room. Get your life in order. But hold on a second. Didn't his daughter get divorced? And word on the street was when he was in Russia and her husband, she was still married at the time from what I understand, was there taking care of the kid and the father in Russia when he was going through his fucked up shit. Apparently she ran off to Romania and had a little bit of fun with uh, Mr. Tate while married. So, you know, like the whole fix your house thing first, I get it, dude, like it makes sense. But have you taken a look at what your kids have done? Like, I don't know what the dude has done, you know, his, his son, but Michaela isn't exactly an uh, icon, you know, to be worshipped, if we're being honest, based on what I've heard anyway. So, of course, there's people that are going to deny well, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Okay, well. That's not the word on the street. <laughs> anyway, so let's do this before I take some call-ins. I've already burned through about 30 minutes talking about the, uh, the series. Do I recommend it? Look, no. <laughs> uh, I just can't. Um, so my chapter, um, Why Smart Men Avoid Marriage, I'm just going to rip through it real quick. Um, I highlighted some of the items here. So the arguments that I... Uh, talk about in here is family law and how it's ultimately designed to enrich the uh, mother uh, financially and with the children. Um, there's other parts of family law and the legal system that have domestic violence uh, written into it. And a lot of guys have had false DV charges uh, flicked at them through divorce, acrimony, any number of things. And it's advantageous for women to use a false DV charge. Look, I mean, the woman you marry is never the same woman that you divorce, okay? All the vows and all that stuff that you take in the church, the crying, the fucking ceremony, the big cake, the dancing, the dresses, the candles, the fucking limousines, the cars, the horse-drawn carriage, the honeymoon, all that stuff goes out the window. All those ego investments that you often make when you get married, to compromise so that you're not a, uh, what was his words again? I like using his words for this stuff over here. Called you a creep. Foolish, juvenile, short-sighted, hedonistic, nihilistic, cynical, psychopathic, impulsive, and promiscuous creep. So all of those things that you give up, I don't, I don't see the juice being worth the squeeze. Now, I get that women want to have relationships with men and they want to have children and they want to pair bond to them and, you know, form some kind of a official, you know, deal. Got it. But where are women when it comes to changing family law to make it level, to make it a level playing field? Why aren't they getting to, together, marching on Capitol Hill and having a word with policymakers and bureaucrats and saying, we want to get married. We want to have children. We love our men. We don't want them to get fucked. We want things to be even. Let's change law because nobody's listening to fucking dudes. 
MRAs have been at it for years and they've done virtually nothing. They've barely moved the bar. So my stance on it is, when are you ladies going to step up to the plate and go and talk to the policymakers and the bureaucrats about changing family laws to make them level? But they won't because it's advantageous for them not to, which is why things are all quiet in that sphere. And they always will be, which is why I'm the guy that says, hey, look, here's the facts, fellas. Walk around the landmines. Don't step on them. So we talked about domestic violence, how, oh, how women behave during divorce, which isn't well. It's obviously terrible because you like follow the money. You know, that's how things work. You just follow the money. Why people do what they do, you follow the money. And if you're going to behave badly, if you're going to be the primary caregiver and get 80, 90% of the custody, um, you're going to get all the money or most of the money anyway. Um, in some places in the world, women get more than half of the matrimonial assets and the kids. And he doesn't get even get to see his own fucking kids. Some some random dude that she starts porking after the marriage gets to see his kids more than he does. So that's just the reality of it. That's how it unfolds for a lot of dudes. Um, not all of them, but that's how it unfolds for a lot of dudes. Uh, the financial obligations extend to alimony, child support, matrimonial assets. And I just talked about that. They're uh, motivated to make sure that they get the kids and will have to behave badly in order to get the kids. It's just fucking, you know, written in the code. It's a code in the matrix guys. Um, let me read this little bit over here that I think, uh, speaks very loudly. There's a woman that left a comment in one of my videos years ago. Her name was Kim Brown, or that was the name of her avatar anyway. And she said, uh, in the comment, the thing that infuriates me is my hubby makes about $50,000 a year. I make about half of that. But when you're talking to people about taking responsibility for themselves, you do realize that if I were to leave my husband and become a single mother with government benefits, I'd have way more money. What we pay in taxes as a couple as opposed to what the government would give me if I was on my own isn't even close. So when women leave their husbands, they are improving their situation. Until that changes, nothing else will. It's sickening when society rewards those who make bad choices. She went on to explain, my friend, who's a single mother, does the exact same job as me and makes the same money as me. We sat down and compared her finances with all the subsidies and tax breaks she receives from the government. She has about $1,000 a month more than my family and disposable income. To me, that's not just rewarding single mothers. It is actively punishing middle to low income women for staying with the father of their children. Don't argue with me. Argue with her. I'm, I'm just the fucking messenger. Um, and I cover some other stuff in here. Arguments for marriage. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. You guys should, should grab the book. Um, how marriage changes men, betatization through a thousand concessions, paternity fraud, testosterone level decrease, reduce sex drive. You guys read the chapter. That's the meat and potatoes of it. <laughs> what can I say, guys? I like Jordan Peterson. I think it's a shit series. That's that's just my take on it. So, Jordan, Daily Wire, you want to have a conversation about this in depth? You know, you have your people reach out to my people. We'll have a talk about it. I don't mind explaining the intimate details. But I think that if you don't give men accurate advice and let them, like, it's a slaughterhouse. Marriage is a slaughterhouse. He, he admits in his fucking case that, Going through custody battle is the equivalent of a near-death experience with cancer. That's pretty bad, right? Like the saying, it's as serious as cancer. 
Okay, like this is how fucking serious getting married and untying the knot can be. And that doesn't account for the other 50% of people that stay married because the vast majority of them, if you look at the stats, I covered this in my book, by the way, in detail too. If you look at the stats, over the course of something like seven years, only 13% of people still together report being in a state of love. Only 3% report being in a state of bliss. So if you think that bliss or paradise or calm, what was the other word that he used? Um, peace, was it? Peace. Yeah. You get to peace through negotiation. If you think you're going to have a peaceful marriage, not expose your risks, be able to, like, the chances of all this thing happening, raising your kids, having a healthy family, her not going outside of the relationship, betraying you, and any of those things happening is pretty freaking slim. Because if only 3% of people are in a state of bliss after that period of time, that just goes to show you what happiness usually ends up. Like, you know, whenever, <laughs> whenever guys say to me, you know, what do I say to my chick because she's asking me about marriage and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not into it, I don't want to do it. The thing that I tell all guys is this. Tell her to look around. Look at her parents. Look at her siblings. Look at her aunts and uncles. Look at her cousins. Tell her to look around, and you should know these people by now, because if she's bringing up the concept of marriage to you and you've been dating her, I'm sure you've met these people, her friends as well. Take a look around and then point to them all and say, are all of these people that you know in your life, and just go through all of them, happy? Are they? Because whenever I've gone through that exercise, the vast majority of them aren't. And I'm the happy one in the LTR, unmarried, not living in the same house. That may not be the perfect situation, but it works well. I'm happy with it. I think we're both happy with it and it seems to work. But the whole push for marriage, I don't get it. I just, look, I get it's cultural. I get a lot of religions, you know, push it on people. I get that uh, it's been around for a while. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, marriage is a very, very new concept. It's, I don't even know how old, what, a couple thousand years old. And there's a book, it's called The History of Marriage. Uh, the author's name is Stephanie Kuntz, if you're interested in more details on what marriage really was all about. Like the TLDR version of it is that marriage was for the acquisition of in-laws. You didn't have law enforcement, medical care. You didn't have uh, drug stores. You didn't have grocery stores. You didn't have a lot of things when they came up with the notion of marriage. And by the way, it came out of agriculture because when you had stuff, land, horse, oxen, cows, chickens, and shit to pass down to your kids, like that would have made sense, right? To raise them together and pass that shit down because now you have stuff, you have land, you have things, right? And the idea of marriage from that point of view was the acquisition of in-laws. You didn't have law enforcement, you didn't have schools, but if you got married to a influential and powerful, married into an influential and powerful family, guess what? Maybe she's got five brothers and they're all tough guys. Maybe her uh, father is well off. Maybe there's women in her family that are great at childcare and raising children and schooling children, right? Like that was the concept of marriage. Like that was a role that it played. It had nothing to do with love. None of that bullshit. None of this stuff. When I opened up the computer and I played his lyrics at the very beginning, calling guys that don't man up and uh, get married 
foolish, juvenile, short-sighted, hedonistic, nihilistic, cynical, psychopathic, impulsive, promiscuous creeps. And there's a few other uh, disparaging terms that he used for the thing as well that peppered throughout the fucking notes. But that wasn't considered. Love wasn't considered. It was about the acquisition of in-laws, right? And even back in those days, if the marriage never panned out, um, he would end up keeping everything and the kids, generally speaking, right? So I don't know. Things have changed dramatically over time. Let's just say that. And it's not a great deal for guys. It's a good deal for women. I've said this before. You have a daughter, encourage them to get married. Make sure she finds a high-value, successful, competent, influential guy that she's going to want to be with over the long-term basis. Marriage is a good deal for her. But if you have a son and he's got shit and he's no good at vetting women, doesn't know any of these things, or doesn't want to listen to it, he's a plugged-in fucking beta, you know, a servant of the matrix, he'll probably get destroyed at some point later on down the road. That, that's just the fucking reality of things, man. All right, let's see what we got here. Oh, boy. Boom facts. Uh, I'll read your book again just to prove Jordan Peterson wrong about convincing young men about marriage. I, look, I'd, I'd, I'd have the conversation with the Daily Wire people or Jordan Peterson, whoever wants to talk about it. But I have, I have, uh, <laughs> I have my stance. Will you forgive me if I sleep with another man? Yes, says Jordan Peterson. Well, look, he clearly doesn't like the idea, and it, and and it, and it teared him up pretty obviously when he was talking about it. But because he's so committed to the idea of marriage and negotiating in a marriage. He wants, he wants you guys to do that. That's what he wants you to do. Um, Rich spits valid points. I also like Jordan Peterson, but give Rich the win on this argument after being married. Um, usually agree with Jordan Peterson, but it seems his points are very one-sided. Kind of surprising due to him being a popular receptionist. <laughs> being a popular receptionist. Wow. Uh, the, 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 okay, there's one more super chat then here. Let me get this before I drop the uh, call-in link. Hey, Rich, longtime viewer, just got back uh, into your vids after a couple of your hiatus. Have you considered Anne Rand's philosophy? I believe it is the most valuable thing you've ever learned. No, I haven't read any of her stuff. Um, I've seen some of her interviews. She's difficult to watch because she's just like, you don't want to look at her. But uh, I've heard a lot of people encourage me to get into her stuff and I've dudes like I've gotten into so much shit over the last couple of years as far as reading red pilled books, Evo psych books, fucking study after study after study. You guys send me a lot of stuff in email. You know, if you want me to look at something, email me it. But I've looked at a lot of things over the years and I feel like I've got, and I'm saying I feel like I'm going to start rephrase this. I think that I have my ducks lined up and things better than 99.9% .9 of the fucking population. So I can say that with absolute certainty and confidence. I'm good. I'm absolutely good. Thanks for asking. Um, okay, let me grab the link for you guys to hop in and ask questions. We're going to open it up to Q&A if you guys want to do it on anything I talk about tonight. Awesome. If not, bring what you got. Uh, Call in and ask a question. Again, this is for Q&A, guys. This is not for, oh, I want to talk about my shit or I want to plug my crap. 
Uh, it's Q&A, ask questions, okay? Um, so I'm gonna pin that to the top of the YouTube live chat. So if you're elsewhere on Facebook's, Twitter's, Twitch's and everything, again, I'll drop the damn link, get over to freaking YouTube and watch over there because that's where the call-in link is. And uh, let me just run the ad reel and stand up the desk. We'll do a little bit of Q&A. So make your calls in now, boys. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, bring them on. This episode is brought to you by the Unplugged Alpha Supplements and Grondike Soap Company. Brothers, if you're like me and you take what you put in your body seriously, you'll want to use the Unplugged Alpha Supplements. An obsession with absorption is what sets this line apart from the others. You want to make sure that you absorb as much of the supplements as possible so you don't end up peeing out expensive urine. My supplement line is made in the United States from the highest quality domestic ingredients. And unlike cheaper supplements from China in plastic bottles, Mine ship in dark glass bottles to keep your supplements fresher, longer, and won't seep endocrine disrupting plastics into your supplements. Nothing is a hard tablet. Everything is in an easily digestible, bioavailable capsule. You can filter all products by various categories, including testosterone support, estrogen metabolism, fat burning, immune health, sleep support, and performance. Visit theunpluggedalpha.com forward slash shop and use the subscribe and save option to get 10% off your supplement orders or use coupon code alpha10 for 10% off a one-time order to try it out. Then I use tactical soap and God of War beard oil every day. Tactical soap is a handmade product made in the United States from ingredients you can actually pronounce, not conventional endocrine lowering toiletry chemicals. Both the soap and the beard oils are infused with bioidentical pheromones that are designed by a clinical psychologist and pheromone expert to maximize attractiveness to the opposite sex. Go visit coopersoap.com and get 10% off your order today. Guys, check out my website at richcooper.ca for more information on booking me for coaching, my community, my courses, and a whole bunch more. You can also find all the useful links pinned below in the top YouTube comment of all my videos. Now let's get on with the show. Sorry, I was looking at some of these comments here. There was one I wanted to throw up on the screen about frame before I take some of these callers. Uh, Lee, Rich, can frame be held if a man decides to legally marry a woman? Um, yes, but betatization through a thousand concessions. He says, seems like competition anxiety would disappear or at least be greatly diminished and the nature of hypergamy would remain. Thoughts? <clears throat> so a couple things unpacked there. So competition anxiety, if you're not familiar with it, gentlemen, is... What happens when you're dating and she doesn't know when you're at, what you're up to, what's going on. So for example, let's say you're dating, you're spinning plates, you got a few dates on the go. Um, she wants to see you on a Thursday night, for example, but you have a date on Thursday night because you're not an exclusive LTR, you're not monogamous, you're doing what you want, what's best for you to sort yourself out, square yourself away because you are a man chasing excellence, not women. And she says, hey, Rich, I'd love to see you on Thursday night. And then all you have to say is, love to babe, I'll see you next whatever. Thursday night, I'm busy, that's it. Now, she's going to know that something is going on. That's what competition anxiety is. Women creep the shit out of you on social media. They'll look at your social media and be like, who's this bitch liking this guy? And why is she commented over here? And why does she put a heart over here sort of thing? So they start creeping. And then they start cooking up this narrative in their head. Competition anxiety kicks in. The hamster gets caffeinated running on the wheel and she starts thinking, well, he must have other options. So I need to, whatever, I need to behave better. I need to be nicer to him. I need to be more enthusiastic around him. 
you get the idea. So that's what competition anxiety is. And a lot of people argue that when you become married or you invite a woman in your house or you get into a monogamous LTR, competition anxiety relaxes. And it's true. Women don't desire you as much when it's common and it's known and it's familiar and you're always around and you live in the same house and she has dibs on you all the time. So competition anxiety is a very useful tool when you're dating, when you're doing whatever it is you're doing aside from being living with somebody in a monogamous way. Um, so the notion of frame falling apart when you give up your freedom is a difficulty that you're going to have to contend with. Look, I've always maintained that getting into an LTR, whether you want to call it a long-term relationship, a marriage, whatever it is you know, that you're going to do, dealing with a woman on a long-term basis where it's mostly you and her will relax her competition anxiety and she will not behave as well as she did when you were dating her. It's just a fact of life. She's not going to be as enthusiastic with you on year seven to 10 as she was in week one to seven. Fact of life, because it's new, it's fresh. She probably thinks things are going on. So yeah, there's an element of you having to work harder for what some guys would argue is the same check for the rest of your life. So um, you have to be okay with that. You know, like you have to be absolutely content and okay with that. There's, there's gotta be upsides to her. Like, does she compliment your life? Can she take care of you if you're sick? Does she, uh, does she have great culinary skills? Can she cook? I mean, if you're giving up certain aspects of your life and you have to work harder to maintain frame in the relationship, you better be fucking getting something out of it beyond just some sex. Okay. All right, uh, let's grab uh, Gia over here, our friend Gia. What's up, buddy? You're muted. You're going to have to unmute yourself, bro. <clears throat> yeah, here we are. Hey, Rich, cool. good night. Thank you for having me. All right, what do you got on your mind, brother? Uh, well, thing is, recently, like a month ago, I split up after a three-year-and-a-half relationship, more or less. Okay. Um, my girlfriend was like 11 years younger. She's from Argentina. Um, I'm from Belgium, so north of Europe, kind of a different, uh, yeah, in Belgium. Uh, I do live in Belgium, but I'm in Colombia for the moment in May. Okay. Uh, explains a lot. Did I talk to you months back? Yeah, correctly. We were in, uh, in okay. touch on uh, Instagram, but, um, okay. So you didn't listen to me then, obviously, cause you're back now. <laughs> Uh, no, 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 no. We broke up. Well, we got back together. The thing was, uh, we split up for a while, uh, got back together. Things got completely bad. Um, but last what time when we broke up. Last time, by the way. Sorry? What advice did I give you last time? Mm, we didn't really talk yet. I mean, we were in contact on uh, Instagram. Uh, no, so... you and I, when we talked last time, what advice did I give you? Because you were calling asking about the same chick. Uh, no, I, I didn't. I wasn't in touch yet with you. It's the first time. I'm thinking about something, somebody else. Then. No, 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 no. The, old, the, old, no, no. the only way we were in contact was, uh, was on Instagram. No, so long story short, um, I met her in Spain. I was living in Spain like four years ago. I moved there, started a business. Um, apart from my business, first half year, I think I was being, I've been with like 30 girls, something like that. Apart from my work, literally, I had almost no free time and still managing to get a lot of spinning plates, as you like to call it. Um, I met my girl and 
like violated the first basic rule i think after a few days uh, literally she uh, moved in with me after because a few days she moved in after a few days like after four or five days did you invite um, her to move in or did she just move her shit in uh i didn't really invite her the thing is i was living in uh in a house in the hills three bedroom uh, house with a swimming pool well and she was literally just moved to spain she was working a job um paid almost nothing like you know when you work on uh near the beach near clubs where you get to get guys in and spending money this and that yeah Another standard hot argentinian girl in Spain exactly. doing the same bullshit. So, yeah okay apart from from my work i was like yeah it wouldn't be bad to have a woman in the house uh good okay. thing was after like two days literally she uh quit the job because i told her right away that i really had a problem with a, a woman doing a job like that she got literally um, a good job, like managing restaurants, a day job. Um, also, from that moment on, she starts literally paying half for everything. Um, mm. I didn't even ask for it, but she wanted to. Mm. But long story short, um, after a few days, she woke up in the middle of the night crying, like um, impossible to, to calm her down. And she told me, um, yeah, she suffered abuse like a few months before meeting me. I already felt from the start there was something, you know, you feel it when, mm -hmm. when you've experienced with women, you feel there's something wrong. So in that moment, it was not really my, um, my point to ask what happened exactly, because you know what women tell you and maybe how they got to that point are more or less two different things most mm -hmm. of the time. So, um, well, it, it turned out that literally she put herself in a situation while traveling in a hostel, same room with several dude, dudes. Um, she had something going on with one guy mm -hmm. and the other guys in the room. Well, at the end of the night, uh, they did their thing. Let's put it that way. Um, so this thing was always like really a pressure on our relationship because I had the feeling. Are we talking about a word that rhymes with grape? Uh yeah um okay. but was it these like, three guys did it to her well two of the three because one of the guys was having yeah she had something going on with him while she was traveling and mm. the other guys literally uh what she said they forced themselves she? um 11 years younger i'm 37 so she's 26. we she... met when she was just turned 23 actually See, i mean we'll get back to your story in a sec but i just want to say yeah. this like these chicks that are perpetual travelers by themselves are stupid, okay? Because they're exposing themselves to this risk, traveling in hostels with a bunch of dudes. It's just dumb. Know. You know, think, know. oh, ho hokey pokey, everything's going to be fine. No, you do it long enough, at some point, some shit's going to go down like it did. Anyway, go back to your yeah. story. So she wakes up freaking out, crying. Yeah, okay, so well, this the thing is also when, when you go back to, like I say, Argentina, I've been there... Uh countless times in Buenos Aires. I love the whole atmosphere as being a man and knowing your game. It's for me, it's one of the best places in the world. But mm -hmm. then you also know what kind of women you're dealing with, especially when you talk about this mindset of feminists and we're free and we're equal and we do whatever we want. I experienced in Buenos Aires, it's, it's one of the easiest places in the world. Like you go for a drink, you go on a date, not even a date, like just for a drink. And literally they all go back home with you. So I already knew a little bit, okay, it's the way it goes there. But also in the beginning of the relationship, I was trying to, to have an idea how many guys she's been with because I met her at 22. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, oh, it could be in, in 50 somewhere. I literally don't have any idea. But then when we started to get sexually active together, it really didn't match with the experience that she had in that. Like for me, it was literally zero experience. So I didn't know what is what is right. What is she saying? What is is it the actions? So all these things. Sorry. Combined. So so you're saying that she behaved in experience in the bedroom, but she said she had the experience of 50 men. Exactly. Like somewhere it could be around 50. I would, she didn't have an idea. I would, yeah. I would, I would believe the 50 men story and trust that <laughs> yeah. she's just lazy in the bedroom. Uh, that was also uh, my, my first uh, thought. So, well, long, long story short, later in the relationship, obviously she started doing her counting. So we got around this number, which was lower than 20, which for me still is ridiculously high. Um, well, and in the fact that I met her when she was 22. Um, we went to, uh, we, we moved also back to Belgium because I got a great job opportunity. I left my business to my brother to manage in Spain, but then yeah, the whole COVID started uh, two lockdowns. Um, I choose to not get vaccinated mm-hmm. until today. So they took a lot of my freedom, a lot of my, yeah, I'm, I'm a free guy. I travel all the time, I couldn't, but we managed to get through the both, um, yeah, like lockdowns pretty well. The only thing after a while, of course, things open up again and she's got this feeling, oh, I need to be uh, free again. I need a bigger social so, social circle. Uh, sorry. So obviously I have a problem with women that think they can have just a friendship with any kind of guy. And uh, she was uh, started to work in a hotel. She gets attention. Mm-hmm. And like literally so many times a week, I had to explain that men aren't interested in her as a friend. I mean, she's a 20 some year old Argentinian woman. Uh, her body is like a 10, literally, maybe face arguably, but I mean, unbelievable, beautiful girl. And still she comes with this mindset from, oh, but women, um, sorry, uh, we are the same and we can be interesting as well. And they just want to be friends. So, so this whole dynamic. You? No, the ask is actually, so I broke up recently. I cut mm. like all boundaries, but still putting in, in, in balance everything I know now, but still it's, it's the, um, yeah, it's, it's this double, the feeling from the heart, the feeling what I know rationally, what I should do. I mean, I'm, I'm well, pushing up on. Okay. Well, let me put it to you this way, man. Cause I, cause I think I understand what you're getting at here. It's like, you're a little bit broken up about this whole thing. Uh, the first days I was pretty much, but I'm asking myself the question, am I bro? Am I broken because I broke up or just because of the habit and because we're not in contact anymore, because I'm always used to control the relationship I have, to a certain level. I have a better question for you to contemplate because those are interesting okay. things to talk about, but I don't think that they're as interesting as why are you inviting women like this into your life? Right. That is a very good question, Rich. The moment that I, that I did it, I was completely tired of, of spinning plates but i was doing it in a ridiculous level i mean i had my like i say my yeah but i mean like you're gonna have to you're gonna have to dig through a lot of dirt to find gold and even if you do find gold remember Mm -hmm. i just finished Uh talking about this if you get into an ltr it's going to be more work it's going to be more Mm -hmm. taxing um than just dating when you feel like it right so unless the goal for you like are you looking to have kids no no, I, so if, I couldn't say that I am not. Okay, so if you're at a point in your life where you're like, look, I'm not interested in kids, 
then mm-hmm. what is it that you need with a girl living in your house? Very that, good question. That, but... that you haven't fully vetted yet. Cause you really can't vet a chick unless you know her for quite some time. Like a few uh-huh. weeks, ain't going to cut it. A few months, ain't going to no. cut it. Uh, generally speaking, the theory is you need a good year and a half to really mm-hmm. size them up to see what they're made of before, you know, if you, if you're going to take her on as a girlfriend to invite her into your life. And even then it's not ideal to live with her. It really isn't. Yeah. No, it's true. But you come up with this question. It's a good question because one of the reasons why actually I took the choice, she wanted to get married already for a while. She was pushing to get children. Um, and I was, was my basic question is, do I see, do I see how long, these women? How long did you date her before she started bringing that up? Um, actually, after three months or something, we got engaged. But you left that out. You got engaged after three months? Yeah, well, I did some crazier things in my life, Rich. I got engaged after a week with another girl. I mean, and I also okay. walk away from them as, as fast as I get engaged. Don't worry about it. But yeah, yeah well, I did with this one. Yeah, and, but, but I mean, like, you don't want kids. So what's the point in getting engaged? What's the point in even getting married true, if you don't want kids? True, true. No, but at that point I mean, now, of course. And you can say right now after I don't want kids. Like You can say, I don't want kids right now, right? Because that might change right for you in yeah, three to six right years, okay? Exactly, but, yeah. The point that I'm making is the question that you should be asking is why am I inviting these women into my life so quickly that are so damaged? Have you read my book? Uh, Yeah, I uh, recently downloaded it. I think there's like 10 pages left to read. Um, So the 20 red flag chapter, did did that resonate with you? This this you sent to me the first time in summer when we broke up for a month, and uh, I think there were like uh, at least half of them. Um, at least half of them, flags. so ten. So she had ten red flags. You're saying mm, more or less, but on the other hand, I also like like Rollo is always saying like you can. How do you say you can make a woman also your perfect partner? Maybe not always, but she did really transform as well to having a lot of good qualities i mean i can did she she did she did she so what what were five of the ten red flags that stand out the most um the past her past obviously um also sexual past yeah for sure daddy issues like really strong uh she comes from a family three sisters mother father is like well i i i wouldn't call him well male anymore sorry to say okay um she's a feminist obviously uh, yeah this is more because of the uh, her background her sister well and then also um she never takes any responsibility for anything that happened in her life never it's always um like that um this isn't an issue with women dude this is an issue with you yeah yeah there's some bad women out there there's some there's some fucked up people but you're but you're allowing them into your life you have yeah, to set but, firm boundaries with yeah. women with friends with gigs that you're doing doesn't matter what it happens you know to be like you said that you have a business that your brother was running with you yes he's running the business would for the you, moment because yeah hear me out would you like let's say you take some of those red flags let's just take five or, or ten of them whatever mm-hmm. would you deal with a, a vendor a supplier a customer an employee that would no. be that would that would have those same red flags. You wouldn't, right? No. no so why no, would you no. tolerate it with a woman because yeah. she's got tits and ass? 
I think I think basically the the thing is to be completely honest, which I mean I've been I've, I have a lot of experience and there's passed a lot of gorgeous women and with this one it was like all right she's like 11 years younger look on the body on this one I mean literally sex daily we we never skip. I mean like you don't day. strike me as some guy that's new with women like you have experience with women no. right yeah okay, yeah so. but this is the the crazy thing which like in some point I got so tired of of game let's say. And yeah. this is where well, I made my bad mistake. Now I freshed it up, of course, and it goes, I'm in Colombia. What else should I say? I mean, well, this is but, what, hear me out. This is what a lot of these pickup artists, goofballs, like to <laughs> like give to their audiences and their customers is game, 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 right? And you can yeah. memorize the lines. You can pick up the yeah. girls. You can do the same night lays. You can mm-hmm. smash. You can rack up the notches. But if you don't mm-hmm. fix yourself first and yeah. understand what it is that you're dealing with, yeah. My friend, um, I used to do these shows. Uh, we used to call it before the train wreck. Okay. There's a yeah. guy that I used to do the show with Sean Smith. I have his book over here, the tactical guide to women. You should read the tactical guide to women, by the way. Okay. It's the a good tactical book. Tactical guide to women. Yeah. The tactical guide to women. Um, okay. and one of the things that he said early on, on one of the shows is you ever see those guys on like YouTube or on like those nature channels where there's an alligator there with his mouth wide open. And they stick their hand in or they put their head in every once in a while and they're doing like a show. And, yeah, yeah, you know, course. for the most part, it works out pretty much okay. The show works. But at some yeah. point, one of those fucking crocodiles one day just fucking clamps down on the motherfucker's head <laughs> and kills him. Okay. Very at some true. point, if you keep playing this game long enough, some chick is yeah. going to pull a number on you. And I'm not saying she's going to kill you, but she's going to do something. Uh-huh. That is yeah. going to put your situation, your life, your business, something, yeah. relationship exactly. with your brother in the business at fucking risk. You got to yeah. get your head squared away, my man. You can't allow it, these women, because they're hot, pretty, they're tens, no, whatever, no, no. to get away with this stuff. But if I analyze my the women that I was madly attracted to, it is always something that you know from the start, like like driving a Ferrari without the brakes. You know you're going to crash. It's so why do you driving do that? To- I don't know. Something is, I don't know. But I mean, like the perfect women or girls, everybody's always talking about that every guy want to have a long-term relationship with. Somehow they don't do it for me. I miss this, some fires. You don't really want a long-term relationship anyway. You don't want kids. No, but I mean, also it kind of had good things as well the long-term relationship i mean not with the women you're dating my friend no 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 i know i know i know are they cooking and cleaning your house are they able to take care of you when you're sick do they run errands for you do they make your life easier not if they got 10 red flags no no i know i know i know but actually no the cooking the cleaning the sex so that was all so perfect i i i my friend you are addicted to chaos (laughs) That's uh, probably true. I think in more than, than one aspect of my life. But How old are it's you? also a tiring uh, 37, Rich. 37. 37. Okay. Well, yeah. my friend, I, I would <laughs> I would prefer guys figure this out by the time they're 30. You're 37. I look, wow. man, I would I would I would take a break from chasing tail. Get your mm-hmm. head squared away and make sure that you can get better at 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 uh, spotting dangerous women because at some oh, point, the, mm. you know, the alligator or the crocodile is going to clamp down on your head and shit's going to be yeah. over. Yeah. Very I, I I can tell that. The way that you run through. recklessly, it's, it's mm-hmm. dude, it's like riding a motorcycle without a helmet. At some yeah. point, you will go down. At exactly. some point, every motorcyclist mm-hmm. goes down at some point. 
-hmm. at some point you will is, go down you see it coming from from far away already you know you so? see the crash coming closer and closer and still you still keep on the ride because you're like oh well, let's see what's going to come next but no you're 100 uh, right my friend, um, I'm going to give you that resource again. The Tactical Guide to Women, yes. read it. Read my book again. Uh, there's um, another book that I would recommend. Uh, Joe Navarro, he was an FBI profiler. He wrote a book called The Dangerous Personality Types. There's four. Okay, yeah. Um, he basically took his entire career dealing with psychopaths and fucking crazies and talked about the personality traits that exist in those people. You like chaos. You like inviting crazy mm -hmm. women into your life. I get it. The sex is awesome. But at some point, you're going to discover that that the chaos that they bring to you and the bullshit and exactly. the stress, it ain't worth it. I got to let you exactly. go because I got to let a few more people in because I got some people waiting. But I hope thanks that a lot, Rich. And for you, thanks okay? for all your uh, great work. Really okay, man. Thanks, Take man. care, brother. All right. Bye. Holy shit. <laughs> that was crazy. Um. Enrique, uh, hello, Rich. What are your thoughts on buying a Hummer H2 in today, 2022? If you're talking about the new one, the electric one, it's pretty cool. But uh, the old H2, I think you're going to run into some serious fucking maintenance ones because those ones are kind of built to, to fall apart. <laughs> uh, let's grab Victor Timewolf here next and see what he's got for us. What's up, buddy? Hey, Rage. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I have a business question actually for you. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Years I'm so glad um, it's not some crazy chick question. Yeah, in uh, our school entrepreneurship uh, community, guy brought up the question about uh, uh, refunds and all of that, and it struck yeah. me another question: uh, How do you deal with a transaction dispute with merchants like Visa, Amex, and uh, Mastercard? Um, so normally, if somebody like one of the things that happens, see, because my membership's on a subscription, so it just auto renews. And if somebody says to me, hey, you know, I didn't want to renew. I forgot to cancel. Like they'll send an email. They're nice about it. I fucked up. Sorry. I'll just push the button, do the refund. You know, we're done sort of thing. Um, so it's circumstantial. But at the end of the day, the the vendor, the like, like the processors usually side with the customer anyway. So like, what's the point of getting dragged into a fight over it? Just give them the money back, call it a day, whatever. Right. But um, as far as like refunds, like you got to make your refund policy clear somewhere in case you got to lean on it, right? Like every once in a while, you're going to have some douchebag that's going to try to take advantage of you and you'll be able to lean on your refund policy and say, look, it was right here. It was cl clearly marked. You fucked up. It was his fault. And then, you know, just deal with it that way. It's, you know, it's just a matter of, um, <sighs> you were going to say karma or whatever, but you, you know, it's just a matter of principle, right? Do you uh, want to be a little bit more specific I, with the sorry. question? No, 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 no. I just want to do a general because I want to write out the policy. Like I'm really close to start giving. Stuff is it to the service or is it a problem? Doing. Um, no, it's uh, it's like elf thing. So I basically want to do a price comparison, mm. and uh, I want to do a subscription and selling like tokens and stuff. I will tell more on as a. Okay, so why do you hop on the next Zoom call? And we'll chop it up yeah. then in a little more detail. It's a better it's a better place for us to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just want to, you know, throw uh, the question while you have a show going on because just was curious. No okay, problem. yeah, that's that's uh, everything what I wanted. Thank you very much. Okay, Victor. Thanks, buddy. 
All right, and um, I got Mateus. I'll grab you next. Just give me one second here. Um, organize these over here. Fucking thing. Um, the School of Entrepreneurship is going to open up again for enrollment, by the way, next month. So if you're on the email list, you'll get you'll get first first notice there. Let's see what Mateus has got for us. Mateus, what's up, buddy? Hello, Rich. Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, I'm from Germany, uh, and I've almost read your book. Uh, but um, during, I say almost, because before I finished, uh, I read some of the red flags to my mom, mm. and uh, she took the book away from me. But uh, that's not a big problem. I'm 14. You're 14. Okay. So your mom took yes. your book away. Okay. Yes. But that's not a problem. I will find it online, and then I will buy it. Then I can read it again. Uh, I mean, finish. Why did she uh, Why did she take the book away after you went through the red flag chapter with her? Uh, I mean, I told her that some of the red flags that uh, I've read in the book that uh, I've seen her um, do that as well. Ah, uh, I mean, that's why she took it away. She didn't like hearing yeah. about those being in her personally. Yes, yes, but uh, you know, I'm not married yet, obviously. But uh, um, you know, I would like to ask you uh, how I maybe could handle better the relationship with my mom because I have four years more to go. Um, what about your dad? What's the story with him? Um, she told me that he died in a car accident when before I was born, but uh, now I don't even believe her that. Huh. Okay. Um, and you're 14. Yes. All right. Um, look, you're going to have... It sounds to me like you're going to have some issues with your mom or that you're already having them right now. You say that you don't believe the story that she told you about how your dad died? Yeah, I mean, she she never really talks about it, but um, you know, um, she just says he died, and that's it. Do you think he's still alive? Mm, I don't know. I mean, could be. I I don't know it yet. What What were the red flags that upset your mom that you pointed to? You said that there were some in the red flag chapter. Do you recall which ones uh, they were? Um, I mean, there were a lot of them, actually. So let me go through the 20 red flags. Daddy issues, feminists, unhappy and unlucky, competes with you, uh, has a lot of men from her past that she keeps around. She's bad with money. She's violent. She's jealous. She likes to party too much. Tattoos and piercings. Been with a lot of guys. Uh, single mom, well, that's her. Uh, seeking validation online. Is a sugar baby. Is a pathological liar. Has baby rabies. Throws hissy fits. It sounds like she throws hissy fits if she's taking your book away. Yeah, I mean, um, she, she, I don't know, but she goes out with a lot of guys, but um, I don't know more about that. Um, she is active online and, um, yeah, she, she, she likes um, the, the way of the feminist way of, of thinking, okay. like many, many people in Germany. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Do you do you fight? Do you like to go to a dojo? Do you do anything? Boxing, kickboxing, Krav Maga, Jiu-Jitsu? Um, I mean, I, I've um, I've been training football, but um, now you know, in 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 the last couple of years with co co Corona and everything, my my mm -hmm. mom is not allowing me anymore to go, she, because she says it's dangerous. When are you an adult in Germany? Is it sixteen or is it eighteen? It's 18. 18. So you're basically living under her roof for the next four years. You don't know if your dad's around, if she made up the story. You're going to look, my friend, you're going to have some difficulty over the next few years. 
you've got to find something on the outside as an outlet for you where you have strong masculine presence. You need a masculine mentor. Um, ideally, if you can join a dojo, learn boxing, learn karate, learn kickboxing, just get into a fighting sport, some kind of combat sport and spend time with an instructor, spend time with other guys there. Um, you need an outlet because you're in a position right now where she's completely look man <laughs> i mean i i've i've said, i've seen i've i've seen it also in your book you've been talking about the fighting i've also tried that to talk about with with my mom but she doesn't allow me the the only thing that i really can do, do is, is online do you have a job uh, no i don't have a job but i'm doing pretty good online on my own uh, what do you mean online on your own do you have a source of income yeah i'm i'm doing pretty good actually what do you I do have for some, income i have some crypto i have some crypto mm -hmm. and i also am in 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 uh, in the business with some affiliates um uh, to my to my online channels but okay. uh, i don't have uh, it's nowhere my face or anything I, I just market the products okay and how much money do you make monthly um i mean it's it's not really um, always the same but i would say like here in germany after taxes um, you know, I get between maybe two and five thousand euros a month. Is it possible for you to move out on your own, or are you still too young to do that? No, with with the laws here, I'm not allowed actually to do that. Have you? I mean, somebody put this out in the the comments. Like, have you asked relatives about the status of your father just to confirm? Uh, I only have my mom. You don't have any her cousins, parents, no uncles. Her, par her parents are dead, and she 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 was the only child. She's the only child. Her parents are dead. She said your father died in a car accident. And your your father didn't have any siblings. You don't have any aunts or uncles. You don't have any grandparents. On no, actually, um, from my father's side, nothing. I I just know about the grandparents from from my mother. But as I said, they are dead. You know. Dude, you live in a bubble, like like this guy says over here. Like you live in this, like you've you've got to find a way to interact with men. Whether you know, that's I, I, at a job, more or less I accept it uh, that I have to go through it for more years. But I'm just looking for maybe some advice how I can deal better with it uh, during these four years. I'm I'm telling you what you need to do. You need to find an outlet, whether it's a part-time job outside of the house where you get to interact with other people. Um, find something where men generally operate. Um, let me think about some options for you. Something like even if it's physical labor, dude. Like construction uh trades apprenticeships in any of those areas uh just trying anything that like gets you around other guys so that you get some exposure because kids like you my friend i've talked to lots of guys in their 20s 30s 40s and 50s that describe exactly your position right now at 14 and the longer you let you know yourself live under the control of her thumb the way that she's running you the harder it's going to be for you when you're an adult. The sooner that you can get, you know, put yourself in a position where you can be around men and masculinity and learn more, you know, that there's more to the world than just your mom's house and her rule of the law, the better off you're going to be. And I can't see why she would protest, you know, with you saying, hey, mom, you know, I just want to go and, you know, 
do something physical, like get a gym membership and lift weights, right? You know, go to a dojo and learn how to fight. Like there's got to be something that you can do that will let, let you get out of the house on your own, doing what it is you want to do. I mean, she's out and about uh, partying or dating guys or whatever, you know, that you said that she was doing. You've got to have the opportunity to do these things for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank, thank you. Thank you for the advice. Okay, man. Good luck with that. I will look how I can do that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. I've seen that movie before, man. It's not good. It doesn't, it doesn't go well if you don't get out. Fuck, man. Some of these guys. Uh, Joseph. What's up, buddy? Hey, what's going on, Rich? Good. What do you got for me tonight? Uh, I actually wanted to ask you about um, what's your diet like and how do you like find the time to prepare your food? Because I've been trying to eat more whole foods and whatnot, Yeah, like, prepare meat and stuff. And sometimes I just don't have the time. So um, I like to eat, but I don't like to prepare food and I have to eat well. So um, there's a number of different ways that you can do it. You can get your food from a meal prep company. I found one in Toronto that delivered decently proportioned meals. They weren't or they weren't organic meals, but they were decently proportioned, you know, like mainstream, like factory farming sort of stuff for like twelve bucks a, a serving. So it's pretty inexpensive if you get it, get it that way. Um, my girlfriend does a lot of the cooking, and she does meal prep for me. So usually once a week, like on the weekend, she'll do like a bunch of. Uh, uh, plates and Tupperwares, I can just throw it together, heat it up, or I can eat it cold. It's properly portioned. It tastes great. You know, she's a good cook. So that's another option. Um, the other way you can do it is you can find local um, health food sort of stores. They're usually more on the pricier side. You might spend about 15, maybe 18, 20 bucks a meal. Where do you live, Canada or the States? I live in the United States, Chicagoland. Yeah, you should probably get them for under 15 bucks a meal, 15, 16 bucks a meal. But what's your budget like? Is that affordable to you? Um, I would say so. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I would do. Like, because then it frees up your time. You don't have to do dishes. You don't have to cook. You don't have to get yeah. groceries. You know, they just do the meal delivery. It sits in your fridge for the week. You know, you just heat them up. A lot of the times I wouldn't even heat them up. I just fucking take them out of the fridge and eat them cold. Like it didn't matter to me because they're already pre-cooked. Right. Yeah. Hey, are they mostly like meat and vegetables, like types, like stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would do uh, usually ground ground beef and, and broccoli or chicken and um, beans was the other option, I think. But I tend to stay away from chicken now because the problem with chicken is most of it, I mean, if it's cheap chicken, if it's not organic, which most of it is, they put arsenic in the feed so that it kills the mice, but it doesn't kill the chicken. So there's a certain amount of arsenic that ends up in the chicken. They're also not feeding the chickens bugs like they're running around in a fucking warehouse with some lights in it and they don't give them bugs they're eating like grain feeds and stuff yeah. like that so it's grain fed arsenic infused feed which eventually gets in the meat yeah. and it'll get in you so i tend to stay away from chicken unless i know it's organic um so beef ground beef steaks uh turkey is usually pretty good but i usually stick with like beef and like tuna now okay yeah. I, I, I actually had one more question. Have you ever heard of Paul Saladino? Name sounds familiar. He's he's a fitness guy, right? Yeah, he he's he like promotes like his like more meat based diet. Yeah, it's like it's like meat, fruit, uh, honey, raw dairy, and stuff like that. And he's like really promoting that now. And I'm well, not considering it, but it, it's really expensive. I 
I did a uh, food sensitivity test. So it's, so it's a $300 test here. It's not, it's not that expensive. I would actually get one done because um, you're going to have some inflammatory markers that are going to respond to certain foods, right? So I usually eat a lot of uh, like um, stuff like eggs, mm. uh, cheese. So like dairies, you know, like yogurts, like Greek yogurts and stuff like that in the past. And when I got the test back, the highest inflammatory markers came from basically dairy and eggs. And when wow. I took that out of my diet, I had less bloating and way less farting. Like I was a big farter for a long time, right? And as soon as I took that out of the diet, the farting stopped. So you don't want inflammation in your body if you can avoid it because it, an inflammatory state in your body is what's going to... I mean, it's not going to contribute to gains. It's also going to contribute to diseases. It's going to encourage, you know, disease, things like cancer thrive in that sort of environment. So ideally you want to eat foods that don't cause inflammation in your body. So it's worth to me 300 bucks to get a sensitivity test. And then that way you can structure your diet around what you don't get inflammation from in your body. Um, so for, like what I would eat would be different from what somebody else would eat. So that's why I'm not saying like, you know, eat this, you know, specifically, but for me, Beef is easy on me. It's easily, you know, digested. My body likes it. I get no inflammation from it whatsoever. Same thing with vegetables. The problem with fruits, like you mentioned fruits, the problem with fruits is they're high in sugar, right? So if you eat a lot of fruit dur during the day, it's going to spike your glucose, right? Yeah, that 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 is what they say. Paul Saldino tries to like de debunk that. So I, I, like I said, I definitely recommend checking him out. Mm -hmm. But then again, obviously, like a lot of people are trying to debunk him. So it, yeah. it's always back and forth. You know what I mean? Yeah, everybody's got their thing. But I think generally speaking, if you're, you know, if you're looking for protein sources, meats are always going to be solid. Beef and tuna, you know, for me, would be my go-tos. And as far as fibers and, and greens, I usually go more to like the broccolis, kale and cauliflower because um, like the supplement DIM in my supplement lineup, they're... Yeah cruciferous vegetables, which lower estrogen in your body. Like it helps your body metabolize estrogen. So, um, it keeps your testosterone levels higher. So I tend to go more for like kale, cauliflower, broccoli, stuff like that, but I'll eat other greens too. Gotcha. Gotcha. Are you into oysters or sardines at all? I'm a big fan. Oh yeah. 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 So I don't like to obviously cook them or anything like that, but, but if I go out and there's oysters on the menu, I always smash back oysters are one of the best sources of zinc. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, actually, I I always go to Whole Foods. They're twelve for twelve on Fridays. So yeah, shout out Whole Foods for that one. <laughs> Good deal. Yeah. All right, buddy. Thanks for having me on, man. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, man. Take care. Um, I'm, I got a show coming up in the next week or two. I got to get Melissa on again to talk about uh, supplementation and sleep and a few other things. So I know that that's of interest to some of you guys. I mean, some of you guys like to just talk about tail all the time, but I got some self care knowledge uh, dropping, you know, for you guys soon. Um. I was just looking at the chat there for a second and yeah, back to that guy, Mateus, right? Like needs a strong male role model, right? Um, has to see, man, if you travel, this kid has been fed stories from mom. My gut saying mom is raising her provider. I didn't want to say it, but I mean, a 14 year old can only take so much, right? Um, so let me get this straight. This 14-year-old that doesn't really sound like a 14-year-old making 60K profit after tax or gross 200, 100, and he can't look at public records on his dad. Yeah, valid point. I mean, he's make, he's a smart kid, obviously, but it sounds like she's running him. Maybe he's paying for like her lifestyle. I don't know, dude. It, it's, it's like one of those things like 
how how deep into the conversation can you get with a 14 year old like he's a child right he's not an adult but dude's like hey mom check out this book on 20 red flags and she takes a book away because she's got like 10 of them what are you gonna do fuck man crazy um all right so let's wrap it up on that note hope you guys had a good night and enjoyed the uh the show if you did give it a thumbs up and a comment below uh, just helps out with the algorithms. Make sure you subscribe to the channel with the notification bell on so you don't miss anything. See you guys in the next one. Have an awesome night. Peace out, guys. Peace out. Have a good one.